get started, I want to give a, a quick shout out and some support to Cal Yount of the Kaiju Cast. He is doing a Kickstarter campaign, which is currently in effect for uh, the time of this podcast, gone for another 10 days. He hopes to shoot a documentary in Japan. It's a once in a lifetime event. They're going to have an exhibition of Godzilla props. The title of this is going to be called Hail to the King which you know, means something in church, but it means something different to Godzilla fans. So I encourage all of my listeners here at the CGG Podcast to go to hailtothekingdoc.com and check it out, and then maybe wander over to his uh, Kickstarter page. And if you feel led, go ahead and throw some support in his direction. Um, he has met his primary goal, uh, his funding goal for the Kickstarter campaign, but if he gets, I, th- I think at the time of this recording, it's less than another $1,700, he can hit his final stretch goal and really make this documentary something really awesome, and he's going to put it for free on YouTube for everyone to enjoy. Uh, there's a lot of great perks that you can get for donating, and uh, I'm let him explain all that. I'm just going to play for you his video that he posted on the Kickstarter page, and uh, when that's done, we're going to get started with our discussion. Hi, my name is Kyle Yount, and I love Godzilla so much that five years ago, I actually started a podcast dedicated to the giant rubber-suited monster genre, and this genre is my passion, and I love sharing that passion with other Godzilla fans and other people all over the world through that podcast. This year marks the 60th anniversary of Godzilla. And 10 years ago, for the 50th anniversary of Godzilla, here in Portland, Oregon, I put on a film festival where we showed a whole bunch of movies over a course of a week. Not only do I have a podcast about Godzilla, I wanted to do something else really cool for the 60th anniversary. In Japan, in Tokyo, from August 2nd to August 17th, there is an exhibit called Dai Gojira Tokusatsu Ten, which essentially means Big Godzilla Special Effects Exhibit. And in this exhibit, they're going to have lots and lots of stuff from the movies. They're going to have original suits, props, memorabilia. There's probably too many things for me to even list in this Kickstarter video. And of course, I want to go to this exhibit myself, but I really want to go so I can share this exhibit with everyone around the world that can't go. And so, we came up with this really cool idea to film an independent documentary called Hail to the King, 60 Years of Destruction, which will essentially celebrate Godzilla's 60-year legacy in film history. We'll go to Japan, we'll interview people that I know that were in the movies and worked on the films, and hopefully I can get those guys to actually go to the exhibit with me. We'll bring all the footage back to America, cut it together into this independent documentary, and debut it on Godzilla's birthday, November 3rd, on YouTube. It'll be free for everybody to watch, but it cannot happen without your help, because I've lined up some really great camera guys, interpreters, and editors to help me bring this to life. So check out the perks we have on the right side of the page here. There's some really great stuff. You can get your name in the credits, access to daily vlogs filmed during the trip, Comic book artist Matt Frank and Jeff Zorno are both providing some original art specifically for this campaign, plus a whole bunch more. 
So please help us make this film and bring this awesome Godzilla event and celebration of Godzilla's 60-year history to you. Hello and welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast, episode 35. I am Michael M. Patty. And I'm Robert Wright Stasco. And today we are having what feels to me like our third or fourth Rapture special. Uh, but I, <laughs> I think that's, uh, I, I don't think that's actually accurate. Uh, I know we did Red State earlier, which wasn't technically about the real Rapture. It just mentioned it and referenced it heavily. And uh, Left Behind, which actually was. Uh, today we were discussing the trifecta of This is the End, starring Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Jonah Hill. Jay Bruckel. J- Thank you. I, I could not pronounce his name. Pickup. Pickup. From and, Dragons. Yeah. Up Trainer Dragon. And a couple other celebrity cameos, uh, not the least of which is Craig Robinson, a co-star in This is the End, not a cameo, uh, who is the star of Rapture Palooza with Anna Kendrick and Rob Corddry and a couple other people you've seen. And uh, in TV Corner, the new HBO show, The Leftovers, which we weren't even, uh, if you've listened to our last episode, we didn't even mention it because I didn't know HBO was coming out with a show that was about the rapture at the time. It's just a weird coincidence. Um, It's not technically the rapture. It's a mass disappearance that seems random, but the effects are the same. Uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, more about that later. Uh, Let's start with This is the End. Uh, Robert, what did you think of This is the End? This is the End. Well, the plot was very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, A bunch of actors are having a party at James Franco's house, and then uh, the rapture happens, and they're stuck inside because devils and demons are roaming outside, and eventually they figure out what they need to do to get to heaven, and some of them make it and some of them don't, and then there's a dance number with the Backstreet Boys, and the end. And hilarity ensues yeah. in the middle, in the, in the ways they're trying to survive. Um, the, the main joke of it is that these are, as I said on the phone to Robert, these are Hollywood boobs. And they have little to no actual survival skills, which they make clear in the movie. And it's about what they do to each other and to survive. And unlike certain other movies that we could name, it's not meant to be an actual representation of what happens in the Bible so much as an excuse for these guys to goof around and be silly. And I liked it. Watching the Blu-ray, I saw it was based on a, a short subject that Seth Rogen and Jay Bruegel made. It's called, you know, Seth and Jay versus the Apocalypse or something like that. And it's, you can tell they did it for fun. They shot it for cheap, like, you know, in a hotel room or something that they dressed up. And um, it was uh, as depressing as I found this movie, that little short subject was even more depressing. Why did you find it depressing? Well, I guess it's just not my type of humor. I've enjoyed, like, some of Seth Rogen's movies in the past, like, the Green Hornet was all right. I liked uh, Pineapple Express, surprisingly enough. I, I found that one to be kind See, of I, that funny. I didn't want to watch Pineapple Express because I didn't think it was funny. I guess I really like meta humor, so these idiots making fun of themselves, I 
was amused by it. They they oozed every ounce of charisma they had, even when they were tarnishing their image, like Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. <laughs> the Michael Sarah stuff was funny. Yeah. I have to admit, it was vile, but it it was it's probably totally out of character for him in real oh, life. Absolutely. And so that's why they did stuff like that. Like he was high and doing all sorts of very vile things and but he's the first one to really buy it in a spectacular way <laughs> so yeah. that was that and, was funny uh, um oodles and oodles of celebrity cameos uh at the party who end up falling into a pit or otherwise meeting horrific ends yeah um, uh, jason siegel jason um, siegel Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just who I can think of yeah. right now. Apparently Paul Rudd was in the movie. I, I didn't see him. Yeah, so, like, everyone in that kind of circle of friends, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, hey, we're making a movie. Want yeah. to be in it? Sure. I mean, I can't blame actors for doing that. you got to do stuff for fun every once yeah. in a while. But... And then this turned out to be a, a pretty sizable hit i mean it's it more than i think it doubled its box office didn't it i doubled its budget. i didn't look up any yeah it was budgetary numbers this was 2013 i remember yeah this was like i remember the, 2013 like it was just last year <laughs> uh, that was that was a big year for the apocalypse there was three that were specifically about it. There were the the two that we're talking about today, plus the world's end, which I guess really wasn't about the apocalypse. It wasn't about the biblical apocalypse. Yes, yeah, it was a robot apocalypse. But, but... Yeah, <laughs> or alien apocalypse. It was yeah. It was kind of both. It was a, yeah, a nice blend. But that one I think was the funniest and the best of these trio of movies. I th- I think I liked this is the end more than really the world's end. Yeah, because. I don't drink, so I don't go on pub crawls, so I couldn't really relate. But I watch movies, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess it depends on what you like more. You know, smoking jays as they do in this one, or <laughs> yeah, that's I. I was gonna. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna wait till later. There's there's drug use. There's rampant drug use in this is the end and Rapture Palooza and the leftovers. Oh yes, yeah. Well, I think they make they want to make it absolutely clear why they <laughs> they didn't go to heaven. <laughs> I guess when we get to the end of this is the end. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, put a nice they, funny twist on that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it, it just wasn't my type of humor. Like, I don't know, maybe I just grew out of that you know Porky style humor. There was a lot of sexual humor in this and. It, there it just, was some. It, it didn't float my I, boat. I thought it was funny when Craig Robinson moves the phallic sculpture. That, oh, yeah. And casually moves the phallic sculpture to like barricade the walls. And the fact that James Franco supposed, and not in real life, of course, but just has a phallic sculpture yeah. in his house. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. It didn't. It doesn't fill my boat. No. It's not not my cup of tea. It, it it doesn't strike me as funny. It just it came out of left field. Um, it was absurd. I like I like absurd things. Yeah. And well, the thing I did find funny was when 
like Jay and Seth lead the party because Jay's upset. He doesn't like the whole Hollywood scene. And they're in, um, what is it, a convenience store. Mm-hmm. They're in a convenience store. And all of a sudden the rapture happens, as it does. And, you know, people get beamed in transporter like Star Trek wise up mm-hmm. into heaven. And uh, cars are crashing, planes are falling, fires are burning. And then they get to the party and everybody's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. That was funny. They're like, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> they're like totally oblivious to it, the rapture and what's happening. So, so uh, is there any, uh, other than us rehashing the, the jokes and what we liked and what we didn't like, is there any biblical, religious, scholarly discussion to be had about it? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, because it... <laughs> Otherwise, this is going to be a real short episode. Yeah, the... You know, every movie has to have a set of rules. Uh, the rules for this one are, if you if you live your life in a selfish manner, you're going to be left behind. But if you act selflessly, then you get beamed up to heaven. And the guys figure this out, and it's very hard for them... That was funny when, like, James Franco, he, he sacrifices himself for the other ones to leave. Oh, and I knew this was going to happen well, because yeah. he's, he was talking about his idea for Pineapple Express 2, and he's like, and then I get eaten. I'm like, okay, we know how he's going to die. Well, <laughs> well, see, I remember them sitting around talking about how, uh, all right, man, if the time comes, I'm going to sacrifice myself for you guys. And then, yeah. you know, he, you'd, you'd think, oh, well, maybe that is what was going to happen. Like in a... Uh, like in the the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg movies, yeah, where it's all set up, but you got to be painted, and then yeah. no, that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he's like rubbing, him, he's like you know giving him the finger as he's getting beamed up. All of a sudden, it turns off, and he's like falls back to the ground and gets eaten by cannibals. It's like that's the way James Franco should go. So I thought that was funny, but it, it's predicated on you know the sort of misconception that. To get to heaven, you have to be good enough. And I just spent a week in Costa Rica telling people how that is the wrong idea. (laughs) That it's not what you do, it's who you put your faith in. Because there's nothing we can do to be good enough to get into heaven. There's, There's no way we could, there's nothing we could do to please God enough to make up for all our wrongs. Uh, that's why Jesus came and had to die. He w- he did all the work. He was the perfect sacrifice. All we have to do is put our faith in him. But if you're making a movie and you are not a Christian and you're just going on what you think Christianity is and what a lot of, I'd say, a, a good uh, portion of Christians think Christianity is, <laughs> then you know, you're not going to look at the fine print. In fact, there's, you can tell when people don't really read the the book of revelation when they call it revelations as they do throughout rapture palooza <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and i think they only mention it once but he's like reading from it and i'm like i'm not sure that's actually in there i have to go back that I, mean, I think they were making stuff up <laughs> to, to for the plot of the movie but you know why let the truth get in the way of a good story it, especially <laughs> when it's a rapture movie about <laughs> self-absorbed actors yeah and I, I think it's funny that, to go meta-meta, uh, <laughs> if we can, that uh, with this sort of rash of um, what I'd call the uh, Christ-ploitation movies, you know, like, 
heaven is for real and God's not dead. Uh, and before that, I think at the time this came out, there was like October Baby and Courageous and, uh, you know, the, the sort of cheaply made movies that pander to a, uh, a, a small group of moviegoers, in this case Christians. Uh, I think this was, you know, a nice sort of jab at the Christploitation movie, you know? I, I hadn't even thought of that. I, <laughs> I certainly hope so. Meta, meta. And then what's even funnier is I, I'm hearing more and more about the Left Behind reboot starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I or, can't wait for that. Where'd everybody go? What's going on? <laughs> Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, maybe he'll burst, his skull will burst into flame in this one, too. That would be I funny. can only hope. <laughs> All right. Oh well, my God, that should be if if Nicolas Cage wants like the kind of self-referential career that like William Shatner has now when he's a little older. He needs to make like a Nicolas Cage movie. That's the title of the film, where it's just like an ex- kind of like a, a jukebox musical, where the plot's an excuse to get from one hit song to another. <laughs> yeah. The plot of quote a Nicolas Cage movie is in ex- is, is set piece after set piece designed to get from you know a little bit of Raising Arizona, a little bit of you know let's go ahead and say Moonstruck. Uh, a little bit of Ghost Rider, a little bit of Con Air, and of course, ending with leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a and left behind now. Oh, and then at the end, he gets he dies and then goes gets raptured. Yeah, there you go. Sure, okay, because <laughs> I'm just making stuff up now. Well, we have we have the the outline. Let's bang out a script this afternoon, and we'll send it to him because you know he's going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> and he has to be in a Superman outfit at one point. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I contributed to that Kickstarter campaign of that movie, Whatever Happened to Superman Lives. Whatever Happened to Whatever Happened to Superman Lives. It's coming out soon. There's He's going to have a trailer at the next uh, Comic-Con, so he's got, he's got interviews with everybody, Kevin Smith, Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, all the producers. The giant spider? The giant spider is in it, so yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is going to be the most fabulous movie about a movie that was never made. <laughs> After the Dune one? At Jodorowsky's Dune. Sure. Or, or sorry, Jodorowsky's Dune. And um, This Is For Real. Uh, uh, or This Is The Truth. Or something like that. It was... Um, um, oh, what about the uh, what about the Terry Gilliam Don yeah, Quixote one? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. I saw that one. Yeah. That was alright. Yeah. It was sad. Because <laughs> yeah. that was like right at the edge of the uh, like the digital revolution, and if he had gone that path, he probably would have made it. But he was pretty hardcore. I want everything practical, and but then he he relented and actually got the Brothers yeah. Grimm made. There was some CG in that, but okay. Yeah. Did you gone... see they're remaking it? What Brothers Grimm? No, Don Quixote movie. Really? Yeah. He finally bought that back in his wow. Yeah. Johnny Depp's not in it, but yeah, I wouldn't think other, so. Other people are, and the the older guy. Wow, I I don't know his name. Wow, yeah. that 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 was like a long time ago. Yeah, that was I know. like ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. All right, we've gone pretty far down this rabbit hole. I was going to okay. go down a different one, but 
All right. What what, what were we talking about? Um, before Nicolas Cage, something uh, about Left Behind and uh, the Rapture. Yeah, and well, this is the end. Talking about the Rapture. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're finishing up. Okay. So, so well, yeah, at, at the at the end, they let's let's talk about the end a little bit. Okay. The at, end. The <laughs> end was funny. The end is heaven. hilarious. I thought that was funny because it's, it's it was like the totally cliched idea of heaven. Like we're really good at finding really awesome ways of depicting the devil and the hell. But when we try to put heaven on screen, it's always the same cliched image, floating on clouds and white outfits with the halos and the pearly gates, and it's just like, oh, come on. But they it, they kind of did that here, but it was tongue in cheek. Yes, it was. And uh, they they get in there, and they're still dropping f bombs and light and blunts, and it was like a big rave party. Yeah, it's like the one they left at Franco's yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and then the, the the Backstreet Boys come out and because they had played Backstreet's back in a, a different in earlier part of the movie, so then the Backstreet Boys come out and perform it and and Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel are very happy to see them. You know, oh, they're dancing is, with them. Yeah, we, you, you don't think of macho movie star guys like in the Backstreet Boys, like sixteen year old girls would. <laughs> so it was a nice bit of. Yeah, with, juxtaposition. And, yeah, with the movie being kind of a downer, it was nice that they ended up on that. Oh, Michael thought the it was movie funny. was not I, a downer. It I was it was a downer. It was silly. I thought it book, was very very silly. I thought Book of Eli was more uplifting. I <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and say what you wrote on Twitter about this movie. Oh yes, it made me feel the way I did when I left the theater after seeing Noah and to which to which I retort this movie was intentionally funny <laughs> yeah, that's right. and also featured Emma Watson oh yes branding an axe yeah she, she was saying too. some non Harry Potter words yeah well they were gonna do some non Harry Potter things too no right? they weren't that was the whole point yeah but she heard them <laughs> saying well, gotta be yeah. all right yeah um, on to the next one Rapture Palooza, which also featured This is the End star Craig Robinson. And off topic aside, uh, as Robert and I are fond of coordinating for podcasts or going to see movies, uh, in honor of Craig Robinson being in both of today's movies, I'm wearing my Dunder Mifflin shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Robert didn't actually get to watch this movie. See, I, I should, I should, it's my turn because. Okay. Usually you're like, well, I saw it a long time ago, but I didn't see it, so I, I did this to make you feel better. So you're the most prepared one today. <laughs> <laughs> You've done the most research for today's podcast. <laughs> and uh, I, I sacrificed I, myself for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the one who made the sacrifice. Yeah, uh, I would say that, yeah. Because I this movie is 85 minutes, including about two minutes of production company logos at the beginning and four minutes of credits at the end. Four minutes of credits? Something like that, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. And <laughs> it's plenty. That, that leaves like 79 minutes of movie was my point. Yeah. That's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Where should I begin? All right, uh, it's The Rapture. Anna Kendrick, who I think is supposed to be a teenager, but doesn't look like one. Because <laughs> she's still living with her parents, and her boyfriend, who's still living with his parents. The rapture happens, and there's all this 
like the stereotypical Bible stuff, the rocks falling from the sky, the blood rain, locusts screaming obscenities, crows screaming obscenities, and they're making fun of all these things, you know. He really shouldn't be out there with the falling rocks. Come on! Come get me! Boom! Man, man, that's terrible. Yeah, but I mean, he was asking for it. I mean, he's, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's, he's an idiot. You know, that's... It wasn't, that doesn't sound funny. Uh, no, it's not. For some reason, Thomas Lennon from the state plays a zombie. The only zombie... You know, they're driving through the blood rain, and it's like, oh, this this isn't even sanitary. Like, the, the wipers aren't working for bleep. The, you know, what about the, what about the sprayer? Eh, sprayer's no good. You know, like that, it, making it mundane. And then the big crux of it is Craig Robinson plays the Antichrist. And rather than being a demon, he's... Just a guy trying to hook up with Anna Kendrick. That's the, the the whole movie is an excuse to get him to say the vilest, crudest things. At least in this is the end. Take your panties off was, you know, lighthearted and goofy. This is just yeah. filthy. Yeah. And so the whole thing is him trying to hook up with her. She's supposed to be a virgin in a you know dedicated relationship with her boyfriend. And in the meantime. The boyfriend's dad, played by Rob Corddry, is working as one of his security guards, and her brother and his friend are potheads, and they get the wraiths hooked on pot. I, I don't know. Lots of drug use, lots of swearing, lots of vulgarity. The Beast, as he calls himself, uh, has got a laser that he destroys cities with, and the good guys accidentally blow Jesus out of the sky. And then God comes, and God is inevitably played by Ken Jong. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, dressed in all white, doing the Ken Jong thing. Yeah. Except he's not drunk in this one. <laughs> and both God and the devil end up getting electrocuted after a, a you know everybody was kung fu fighting, and then they both get electrocuted in a hot tub, and uh, everybody left on the compound decides just to live with nobody in charge. The end. So it, it was, had like the same ending as uh, the last one we no. did. The, the, the one with Christopher Eccleston, you know, where God dies. And oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even... You're right. I, the second coming. On top of that, it, it looked very cheap, which you shouldn't hold against a movie with stars. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Anna Gasteyer played Anna Kendrick's mother, who had been raptured and then got returned, which went nowhere. She just cried most of the movie. And John Michael Higgins, who's a, a that guy, he was in Best in Show. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He played David Letterman in The Late Shift. Okay, um, yeah. And he plays her dad, and he makes it through the rapture and then gets a rock fall on him. He's in the movie like 10 minutes. Maybe not even in an 80-minute movie. So I mean, it, it's got people you've seen, and they got it made, and it does look kind of cheap. And it's not very funny, which is a bigger sin, if you will. It's, it's <laughs> not very funny. I laughed a couple times at, at some of the more absurd things, but 
So what's your final judgment then on... uh... Pass. I mean, (laughs) only watch it if you're planning on recording an all-Rapture-themed podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And since we've done that for you, and since Mike especially has jumped on that grenade for all (laughs) of us... I mean, it's... (laughs) It's only 80 minutes if if you really want to. And you can see it on Netflix for free. Yeah. You know, those, so that's in its favor. Yeah. If you if you like Anna Kendrick, she's in it. <laughs> so twihards, knock yourselves out. Yeah. Well, it's it's very interesting that uh we have all these movies like last year we had those those three we talked about and then we can argue that Pacific Rim was also... No, that's not End of the World. That's a disaster movie with giant monsters. Yeah, but the world was ending because the monsters had been destroyed. No, that's not the same thing. Okay, well, you can make that argument. But I'll make that argument because I like the movie. I had this suspicion that for a long time, the disaster movie, End of the World movie was kind of popular. But I thought, wow, we have this rash of these that are... Suddenly, there are, we have sort of a blitz of these movies coming at us. And and uh, Entertainment Weekly, they had the Apocalypse issue. It was the July 4th issue with Charlie's Theron and who's this, Bane? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy on the cover for the new Mad Max movie. Another That one is not really an end-of-the-world movie, is it, either? That's, they the seem Road to think Warrior. it is. Yeah, it, kind yeah. of like Book of Eli, where it's... Yeah. It's already collapsed and people are trying yeah. to survive. You know, there are comets, nuclear war, plague, environmental destruction, robots, alien zombies, monsters, biblical event. Um, these are all sort of things that um, EW has classified as end-of-the-world movies. And yeah. They made a, a nice little uh, graph here <laughs> of the different kinds of movies, how many they are. And let's see, we've had, looks like, 11 well, just last year alone. Wow. And, you know, starting in 2009, at least 10. Yeah. So... Um, up, uh, end of the world is the new zombie. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, usually have like three or four, but in the last five years, it's like doubled. So we have, you know, up to 10 a year since, uh, for the last five years, 2008, 2009. So it's like, wow, uh... And a lot of these movies are making a lot of money. You know, like World War Z, which yeah. is technically not zombies. <laughs> yeah. But it's zombie-ish. Uh, so, yeah, these we have a fascination. I think since, especially at, uh, when we're gearing up for the Mayan apocalypse of 2012. Yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> when I was at work that day... I, I, as a joke, had, like, a countdown up on my monitor. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody walked by, and she's like, you don't think anything's really going to happen to you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, remember a few years ago, we were getting ready for, what was that, May 18th, 2011? Something like that? Oh, it happens every... Like year and a half, every eighteen months, there's a you know we're gonna wake up and the world's going to have ended, and it yeah. never does. I keep waiting. I keep hoping one day I'm not gonna have to go to work because the world ended. It, it never does. The world keeps on going. What's up with that? <laughs> well, let's continue looking at this apocalypse theme because it, it's 
the the trend has gone from movies into television. Right? Yeah. So last last month we did uh, Resurrection. Um, and this month we have the leftovers. Yeah, so let's... explain before we move to, into the leftovers. Uh, oh, first of all, TV Corner theme song. Okay. So before we move into The Leftovers, um, you mentioned Resurrection here a little bit. I, I only watched the first one. Um, I only watched the first Leftovers. I think only two of them have aired, and I only watched the first one. Yeah, I only had time to watch the first um, one, too. Because it, it's 71 minutes. Yeah. So, and my time is precious. <laughs> because the world could end at any second. That's right. <laughs> um, so explain how Resurrection, which, at least in the first episode, was about the apocalypse and the end of the world well that's the the main part the, that we're looking forward to that's the hope for christians that we have in jesus christ it's it's not just that the people who are living are going to be taken up into heaven it's that um those all the people who have died will be raised again and we're going if you look at um is it first thessalonians or second thessalonians i think it's first thessalonians 4 paul talks about um you don't have how, that memorized I'm really bad. I'll have, like, the verse memorized, or I'll have the gist of it, but I forget its address, like, where it is. I'm, I'm terrible. Um, as, as a master's of uh, theological studies, uh, it's something I need to get, uh, get busy on. But, <laughs> but, yeah, Paul says that when someone close to you dies, especially a believer, don't mourn them and weep like the pagans do. We have the hope that they're going to be raised again, and uh, you know we're not. He says we're not going to be raptured before we we meet all our loved ones and friends and everything. That they're going to be raised, and then we're all going to go up together to, uh, to meet Jesus as he's coming down from the clouds. That that could be literal, it could be metaphorical, but he's he's saying that don't lose that hope. But th this is something that we miss in a lot of the TV shows and the movies is the idea of. People are going to be resurrected, and I think I mentioned last time that even the religious uh, people, the Christians, in in that show last that we talked about last time, resurrection, they were freaked out by it. It wasn't something that they're like, "Yay, this is what we were waiting for." It was like, "We've got to get these people out of here." Having having watched all of them, do you think that's where that's going? Did they give any indication that that's what they're leading to, or is it just a hook to start some drama? I think it's a hook to start some drama because okay. they never explained it. They added like another mystery, like right at the end they saw like a bunch of dead locusts, like their life force was sucked out of them, and then it, it was weird. Maybe Ned the Pie Maker is just bringing everybody back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, so all right. Let's um. Let's... Uh, you know, I never watched Pushing Daisies. Oh, maybe. you need to. Maybe we can. Is that one right for the podcast, or is it just a good show that I should watch? <sighs> they don't really go into the religious aspect very much. I'll be honest. But it's one I should catch up you on on Netflix. Definitely okay. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay. Or I have the DVDs. Oh, okay. If that's easier for you. All right. Um. Well, yes. It's only twenty-two episodes. Really. It's oh, two wow. seasons. It's it's like the length of one regular season. 
over two. Oh wow! So yeah. Okay, I'd give it a shot. Definitely. But in the meantime, we need to talk about we leftovers. need to talk about the leftovers. Yes. This is another one that's based on a book, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is based on a single novel that somehow they're going to stretch, they hope, into seasons. I am not familiar with the novel. Um, somebody at work said she had read it, and I meant to ask her how it ended, for lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I never... I, I didn't get to watch the show until last night, so it would have been pointless. Um, why don't you give the, the plot summary since I did Palooza? Okay, uh, The Leftovers starts three years after 2% of the world's population, I think I said it was like 140 million people, just yeah. disappeared. And it wasn't anything like special or... It wasn't mysterious light sucking people to heaven. Yeah, they, they just, were just... Boom, gone. Yeah. Just clothes and all, apparently. Yeah. So it was the same thing, you know, cars crashing... People screaming, where's my baby and stuff. And and then they cut three years later, and, and everyone is still, like, traumatized from this event. And uh, it takes place in a little town. I never caught the town's name. Mapleton. Mapleton. And there's the sheriff there, which is the main character. And he... Played by Jennifer Aniston's beau, Justin Thoreau. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. I wish I didn't know that, but I do. <laughs> He's keeping the peace uh, for Heroes Day, as they're calling it, because um, the people who disappeared, they didn't know what to call them, so they're calling them heroes. And they're, they're going to have unveil a memorial, but they're worried about this weird cult of um, people who don't talk and smoke and wear white, or that they're going to show up and cause a ruckus. There's another cult, I guess this cult leader... What was his name? Dwayne? Wayne. Wayne. Something. Yeah, he... Played by frequent Doctor Who rumory Patterson-Joseph. That's right. And uh, I knew I saw him somewhere. Yeah. And... The last two regenerations. Everybody's, you know, it's going to be Patterson-Joseph this time. Uh, yeah. And it still hasn't been. He's always in the in the tabloids, <laughs> yeah. And uh, wasn't he in an episode, too? Yes. Yeah. Two of them. He was in um, Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways with uh, all a Leftovers co-star... Christopher Eccleston. That's right. That's right. And uh, it, it's like uh, that... Uh, th those two episodes of Doctor Who are to the leftovers what that scene in Jude is to Doctor Who. <laughs> wow, that's esoteric, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I apologize to everyone who doesn't get that. <laughs> but, yeah, this felt every minute of those what, 71 minutes... Yeah. The um, there's hardly any dialogue for like the first seven minutes other than, oh no, where's my baby? And then it's like silent and stuff happens. And uh, Didn't they get that missing baby thing from Left Behind too? I Wasn't, didn't they do the exact same thing? Uh, yeah, they did. That's the... Yeah. The, that's the thing. Uh, it, it, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, cliche in this and like everyone's depressed and there's the... The captain, the police captain's daughter, who's, you know, she goes to a party and does weird stuff. Yeah, and, and she's the most normal one there, though. That's the thing. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah, and um, but the, she's still doing drugs and choking yeah. a guy while he. Yeah, we won't talk about that. himself. <laughs> um, and then uh, the captain's son is working for that uh, Wayne. Cult I think leader. he's a chief. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, his wife is in... Yeah, it's the, not revealed the... until later, but his yeah. wife is Amy I, Brenneman. Yeah, I saw that come in. Yeah, because the kid asked about the girl's mom, like yeah. she was okay. Yeah. And actually, I... I don't know if it was supposed to be a spoiler, but I, I read that in a oh. review beforehand. So that I guess it wasn't that important of a spoiler. So. I guess not. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody who's listening to this knows we're spoiling everything. You shouldn't be listening to our show if you haven't seen what we're talking about. Yeah. Or if you haven't seen it, take our advice and stay away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that's the, I don't want to. I don't want to say that about this. It, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get more than a mini series out of this. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly I don't know how they got more than a movie out of this. It's because it is, you know. Yeah. Here's here's what struck me: the chief doesn't lose any members of his family, and he's still messed up. I don't. I don't want to say the phrase that came to mind, <laughs> but yes, he's still he's still hallucinating. I don't think for a second he actually saw the stag get taken down. Yeah. By, I, I don't think that stag was real for a yeah. second. You know, his kitchen was all messed up, and then it's never mentioned again. He goes to the parade, and then, like, later on they're at home. Yeah, the daughter comes home and doesn't see anything. Yeah, like... so did any of that actually happen? Yeah. Was that just, a, you know, he woke up in bed. Did him hitting that thing actually happen? Yeah. I, I, he, you know, it's playing with reality, and I guess that's interesting. But it's like everybody's miserable. Liv Tyler's getting married, and for some reason she's being stalked by what are they, God's remnants? Is that what they were called? I, I think I, so. They said yeah. it once. They called them the GR, and I think yeah. it was remnants. They only said it the one time, I think. Yeah, um, the, they're the people in white, always yeah. smoking. Yeah. And then she ends up joining them at the end. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. That wasn't explained very well. There's like a, there's like a Simpsons cast worth of people yeah. in this story. And it turns out that a third of them are the immediate family of the chief. Um, but you don't realize that right away. Yeah. I, I want to know, where are all the people? It's been three years. And it wouldn't be... I mean, you know, the lady who lost her whole family, yeah, would be still probably distraught. But I, I have a hard time. I don't know why... Everyone in the everyone world... Everyone is still... Yeah. Yeah. Unless it was just because it was about the anniversary. But if this is going to be a series, it's eventually going to have to move beyond yeah. the anniversary date. Um... Well, they, they, this is produced by Damon Lindelof, who ruined is used Pr to, Prometheus. And... He didn't ruin Prometheus, <laughs> but he's, he's, everything people complain about in Prometheus is because of Damon Lindelof. Yeah. All the good stuff that Robert and I like about Prometheus is because of the original writer, John Spate. Yes. And, and Ridley Scott. Yeah. And Damon Lindelof, he's the one that kind of stretched out... Lost in the seven seasons. Six. Six. It only felt like seven. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I can't... I don't know if I can commit myself to, um, you know, yeah, another I, seven years of this kind of stuff, you know. I, I, oh, there's a mystery, and yeah. oh, we're not going to solve it, and we're going to, you know, we'll answer one question, and there'll be like five more, and... Yeah, is, is this going to be... Is this show going to be about the mystery of how and why, or is this show going to be about 
kids drinking and doing drugs and people standing and getting in fights and him going crazy you know i think it's going to be about him going crazy yeah yeah like uh it's going to be about it's not going to be about the mystery and trying to solve the mystery it's going to be about the the people and how they're messed up and all their problems yeah same thing you didn't like about resurrection (laughs) yeah so it's just it's like the MacGuffin for character study. Yeah, I, I want to know where are all the people in this town after three years who were exploiting the tragedy. Where where are all the um, rapture insurance salesmen? <laughs> you know where, yeah. you know where are all the new churches that that have sprung up in in the wake of this? You know, don't let it happen again. Don't be left behind again. Yeah, that would be yeah. That would be I, I, a movie for us to write. <laughs> Coming soon from Checking the Gate. Rapture Insurance. <laughs> Rapture Insurance. <laughs> we need to trademark that thing, man. I'm going to delay this starring, podcast until we get that TM. Starring Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman. <laughs> get him on the phone, man. He'll say yes. <laughs> Oh man, and David Cross because why the hell not? Why not? Are, are you oh, familiar with Bob, Mister uh, Show with Bob and David? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, David Cross. He's uh, um, Tobias. Yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. My favorite episode of um, Arrested the, Development. Yeah, Arrested Development was when he was in that mole suit and stomping on the city Godzilla style. <laughs> Michael Sarah comes in with the jet pack and starts fighting him. I laughed so hard I almost I thought I was gonna wet myself. Oh man. But okay. another tangent. Yeah. Too so. too much information there. So um <laughs> your final judgment on the leftovers. I would be interested in maybe seeing what the scope of the book is before I decide to watch any more of this. Unlike The Walking Dead, which is based on ongoing comics, and which they've deviated, you know, they're just kind of remixing the comics at this point. Yeah. um, To their benefit, from what I've heard. Never having read a Walking Dead comic. This is based on a, a one single finite novel. You know, even unlike Game of Thrones, which they have ten more seasons of material about, I think. They hope. So, they, <laughs> yeah. so to get back to my point, I, I, I want to look up what the scope of the book is, where it ends, what the story is, and maybe before I watch any more episodes, if I watch any more episodes, see kind of what happens, like I did with Fringe, yeah, and see if that interests me further. Just based on this, I'm not inclined to want to watch any more, just because... I don't need to see people miserable. I, I like I yeah. like heroes, and at least this had a a defined main character. I don't know if he was a hero, but more so than Game of Thrones, which is an ensemble. Yeah. This at least had a main character and um, an interesting supporting cast. We didn't mention Christopher Eccleston. Who showed up he's just like, briefly? I'm sure minutes. he's. I'm sure he's going to be in it more though, because yeah. the 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 chief knew who he was, and I think that was just there to. Um, and I guess Janelle Maloney is going to play his wife, really, um, because on IMDb she, they had the same last name, hmm. um, but she wasn't in this first one, mm. and we didn't mention the statue. 
Oh man, that statue was at awful. the at the at the Heroes Day parade. They unveiled the statue, and they they mentioned how how ugly it was in the meeting. And oh, then yeah. they and then they unveiled it, and it's a lady reaching out to her baby who is ascending skyward. Yeah, <laughs> just terrible, just terrible. Yeah, and I'm sure it was terrible on purpose. Yeah, Mike tweeted or he texted me I like, te- "Yeah, like, oh man, that statue." I'm like, "Yeah, that's I, not I the believe way I, I said done it." LOL, the statue. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "That's not the way I would have done it." <laughs> so, so what are you? Are, are you going to try and watch more of it? I don't know. I don't know. It's there's some intriguing things happening, but at the same time, there's you know, people are miserable. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like, kind of like watching Wallander. You ever see that one? No, with, I didn't. With he, Kenneth Branagh? Yeah, where he plays like the, it's like a Swedish or a Swedish detective. And an American shows like, like Bones, there's a murder. And they're like all excited about it. And, you know, oh, let's solve the mystery. And and here, you know, they show up and someone's dead and they're like aghast. They're appalled. They're, it depresses them. It like eats away at their soul that someone was, someone has died it's like, oh, I can't watch that. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's just kind of depressing. And then they talk about it. Like the one character says to another one, man, you're, you have, you have a bad attitude. You're like all depressed and stuff. And it's like, yeah, let's talk about it some more. <laughs> so don't watch any Wallander. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, uh, well, in the leftovers, you know, yeah. one character talks about that. Yeah. So well, yeah, same thing with Wallander. Yeah. Don't watch that. I tried watching it and I couldn't even get through a whole episode. And this one, it, it's the same thing, you know, like, uh, that situation I was talking about, the, like, the one character talking to another, it was, like, the, the chief's daughter and, or, like, her friend, remember that? They were sitting outside yeah. smoking or something, and... Smoking just, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As they do on HBO. Yeah. So, yeah, this was, like, the R-rated version of Resurrection, I think, because <laughs> it was on HBO, and they can get away with stuff like that, but... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I'm not the biggest David Lindelof fan. See, uh, him and um, what is it, or- Orsi, Orky, I... Roberto Orsi, Orsi. Yeah, they both worked on Lost, and Orsi was the main guy behind Fringe, and I like that because I've been watching that again. We've already covered this on the podcast. I, no, so... I think he, him, and Alex Kurtzman and J.J. Abrams co-created it but yeah. there were different people joel wyman and jw pinkner who were the executive producers yeah i don't think roberto orsi worked on it day to day yeah but his name's a lot in the credits i think mm, okay. maybe not day to day but I, i've seen him come up but on fringe they say they say this a lot well every every answer we find it leads to more questions but by the end of the series they answer all the questions <laughs> and uh that's what i liked about it lost didn't I'm not sure this show will either, so I, I no. Maybe I, I'll wait till it ends and then catch yeah, up on it. I, I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the long game for this show is. Yeah, you know, if it was if it was a mini series, I think it would be a. a I, I would if if there were another two more 71 minute episodes, I might be interested in watching it. Knowing it could potentially last two or three more seasons. Yeah. Mm, Maybe not. So maybe we'll catch the TV guide summaries, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and you know, and if it gets good, maybe go back and watch it on Netflix. Yeah. So. You know what the worst part is? What they've already eliminated any possibility of a Gary Busey cameo. That's right. They did. It's awful. 
What if he comes back? You know, if anybody would, it would be BC. It would be, it would be Gary BC. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about does it That's for this right. episode. So, so uh, tune in if if you uh, if you don't get sucked up into heaven. To, tune in for our next episode, <laughs> um, where we will be discussing uh, the Joaquin Phoenix and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman picture, The Master. Yeah, which is yeah we're we're gonna get away from the uh, Christian topic here. We're gonna be going into Scientology, but you know this movie. You know, it isn't about Scientology, but it is. But it I'm, isn't. But it is. I'm not saying it was Scientology, but it was Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> and then in TV Corner, uh, we have uh, one of Mike's uh, recommendations. Uh, we are going so. to be discussing Longmire, which is currently uh, in its third season. By the time we get around to recording, I think think it will have wrapped up. I think it's only got either three or four more episodes as we record this. Um, it's on A&E Monday nights at either 9 or 10 Eastern. Look it up. It's online the next day. Uh, if you don't have cable, it's not a problem. Go to their website. They've got most, if not all, of the third season. Uh, seasons one and two are on Netflix in their entirety. Oh, cool, I, so I can catch up real easy. Yes, right. I highly recommend. You're going to want to watch all 30 of them. It, it, you, you just will. And for sci-fi fans like me, it has it a has, good sci-fi pedigree. It has a great cast. It's got the, the main character, uh, the sheriff, uh, Walt Longmire, is played by... He, he's not a household name, but one of his earlier credits was one of the agents in The Matrix. One of the deputies is played by Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. His best friend, Henry, is played by Lou Diamond Phillips. The lady who played Tess Mercer on the last couple seasons of Smallville is on it as the daughter. A. Martinez is a recurring character as an Indian businessman. Who else? Gerald McRaney is a guest star. Peter Weller has been in a couple of episodes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend it. It's a modern-day western. It takes place in Wyoming, and every episode there's a mystery, and, of course, there's, like, a mythology behind it about who killed Walt's wife and who killed the guy who killed Walt's wife. <laughs> and it, it's, it's fun, it's interesting, it's smart. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And it's based on books. Like, everything else we seem to talk about. Any, yeah. every, other, every other show that's on now. Uh, but I guess it's only... My wife has read some of them, and it, it differs greatly, but... From what she's told me, it seems like they improved the oh, show. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, you see, a lot of authors are doing that. Like e even George R. R. Martin is. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he is making changes to the. You know, with approval. With you know, everything HBO does different on the show is with his approval. So um, it's like a second chance to edit your book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so all right. Well, until next time, then uh, you can check us out on uh, Twitter, on Facebook. Just you know, search CGG Podcast, uh, CGGPodcast.com. You can catch up on our blog there. Um, we also have a little Tumblr blog. I'm trying to keep up with. Yeah, yeah that's there's two social media. You can spend all day just working on just that stuff. 
Yeah. It's hard. Uh, Robert is uh, Robert's the one who uh, handles the at CTG podcast Twitter. I am at Michael M. Patty. Yes, you can follow our conversation. Yeah. We banter back and forth on that. Yeah. With the stuff that we watch. So. And sometimes it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, so until that time, this is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out and don't get raptured. <laughs> Before we go for good, we want to give you just something funny that I came across on the the Will Wheaton project, something that uh, speaks to some of the problems that we had with the leftovers. So uh, here you go, and then we'll see you later. We all know it's the final season of True Blood, and a lot of people are tuning in to watch it. But for some reason, they're not sticking around to watch the first season of The Leftovers. It seems like a great match to me, and the promotions department at HBO agrees, which is why they did this. July, HBO is your Sunday night destination for sizzling summer fun. First, bang it with your favorite bangers on True Blood. Cool characters, hot bods, and dirty minds. But don't touch that dial, because we're keeping the good times rolling with The Leftovers. 2% of the world is gone, and everyone is sad, 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 angry, sad, smoking in bed, sad, asking for guidance from a deer, sad. And do you love people staring into space? Because we've got people staring into space all night long. So head on over to HBO for True Blood and The Leftovers. You'll have so much fun, you'll jump for joy. HBO, Sunday night. In, uh, in this episode of The Leftovers, that scene with the deer goes on for 27 minutes. <laughs>